Yeah, this is my favorite NFL betting week of the year. It's Thanksgiving week. And there's a new addition to the Thanksgiving week NFL schedule. Also NFL week 12. They're doing a Black Friday game where the homie Dan Z's favorite team is going to play and hopefully make his Black Friday better. Do you... Are you excited about this Black Friday game, Dolphins at the Jets? Bro, there is football on at 3 o'clock on a Friday. NFL football. I You could give me Bears, Panthers, and I would be in. So yeah, you watched that Thursday night game a couple weeks ago, right? It was bad. I have not missed a an island game this season. I barely missed any Sunday games, just from the nature of having to try and watch six games at once. But if there's an Island game, I, I watched it from chances are from opening kick to final whistle. Occasionally I'll tune out and like, like I turned off the bills. What game did I turn off recently? I don't know if the backup quarterback comes in with four minutes left and it's a blowout. I might turn, I might turn it off, but otherwise I'm pretty much in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing, I hear you. I'm, all on the island games, although the prime time. All we games... do, all we do all off season is talk about how we want football back. Like I'm not going to waste any opportunity to watch NFL football. Like, I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to do it. Like right. Like it's about gratitude. It's Thanksgiving week. It's about being thankful. Like I'm thankful for the NFL, and I'm not going to whine about primetime games i mean they might be bad matchups and i write about that so people might be like oh you're a hypocrite you're right about the matchups being bad like do i want the matchups to be good of course i do but that doesn't mean i'm not gonna watch if it's a bad matchup yeah i'm watching whatever football game they put on national tv because i'm 100%. gonna find a way to bet it i was a struggle betting the monday night football game in nfl week 11 i ended up on the kansas city chiefs which sucked because they lost outright I went on Fox Weather this week, and they asked. They were asking me about the games, and I was like, I might set a record for most hours consecutively sat on a couch starting Thursday with three NFL games. Friday, we've got an NFL game at 3 o'clock. Penn State plays at 7 o'clock on Friday. Full slate college Saturday. Full slate NFL Sunday. Like, this is the best football week of the year by far. So, I'm in. I'm all in. All of it. Yeah. Dude, I love Thanksgiving football. I'm pretty sure I have won in three consecutive Thanksgivings. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm even, in... like, weirdly excited to watch the Jets offense with Tim Boyle. I mean, why not? Something different. I didn't want to watch Zach Wilson, so let's see what, see what Boyle's got. I guess. I'm more interested in seeing how good that Miami Dolphins defense is going to look against a just shitty Jets offense with... Guy who should not be starting in the NFL. Zach Wilson? No. Oh, Tim Boyle. Tim Sorry. Boyle. <laughs> he, <dude. laughs> no, I know. It was a joke. Every, but I, I've heard so many sports gamblers and NFL like media people talk about, like, what are the Jets doing running Zach Wilson out there yet again, yet again? It's yeah. like, what how much worse? How much? They'll say stuff like, how much worse could the, his backup be? It's like, Oh, a lot worse. Oh, oh we're going to find a out. Lot worse. I say this all the time. Like people act like NFL coaches or just even coaches in general. Like you'll hear kids, even just like on kids teams, will be like, oh, the, I, I got benched because the coach didn't like me. And I was like, look, I was a kid once. I did some of that. But at the same time, as you get older, you like these guys want to win. Like that's it. Yeah. If if Robert Sala thought Tim Boyle gave them a better chance to win than Zach Wilson, he would have gone to Tim Boyle. He doesn't think that. I think at a certain point it becomes untenable where like, you know, other players in the offense might kind of be 
lose it and it's like, all right, we got we got to do something, right? right? Like we got to do something to at least make it like we got to try something new. But at the same time, again, if Salah thought Boyle was better, he would have been out there. He yeah. doesn't think that. He's doing it just to save the locker room because at this point it's like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hogg, like, dude, what the F? And he could but try th- to communicate that's the thing, to them. like. But they probably know too. Like yeah. it's not like they've never seen Tim Boyle play. <laughs> they practice with him. They know he sucks. They know he sucks too. Like <laughs> for sure. They get it. Look, I, I think the Jet situation is interesting and unique in that, like, look, everyone knows coming into the season, these guys were fired up to play with Aaron Rodgers and they lost him four plays in. It's like, well, look, it's not like the Jets like it's annoying or frustrating as a player when the front office doesn't do anything. Like if they went into this season with Zach Wilson right. again after last year, you'd be like, dude, what are we doing? Like they tried. They tried. They went out, yeah. they got Aaron Rodgers, and he got hurt. It sucks, but at least as a player, you could be like, look, they tried. It's not it's not their fault. It's not Rogers' fault. Like shit yeah. happens. It's like the Bears running back with Mitch Trubisky, where it's like, ah, oh, this effing guy again. Like exactly. They 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 realized that a Super Bowl defense with a number one rod receiver, they went for it and it blew up in their face in just Jets fashion. It sucks, right. but hey, again, to your point, at least they tried. Um, my week 11 was pretty good. Went three and two, so I pretty much parred the NFL week 11 hole. That's how I look at it in these contest things. Like a three and two is a par, a four and one's a birdie, a five and oh is an eagle, two and three, and you know, just. Bogey, bogey, double bogey, double bogey, triple quad. That's <laughs> quad. Yeah. Five, oh, and five is a quad. Yeah, oh, and five. Care. Like it. I don't know. Like if there are numbers on this, I'm assuming not. But if you go oh, and five, you're pretty much not winning the circa million or any that, season. That, actually, any yeah, that, contest. That'd be kind of fascinating to see if anyone ever went oh, and five in a week and won the contest. I know, right? I, I for if we're keeping the golf analogy, I remember uh, two two some or uh, two. Sh- Shriners Children Opens ago, uh, Tom Kim quad hole one and then came back and won the tournament. He's won Didn't two straight. John Rahm won the Masters doubling. Was it was it that tournament? I think so. Yeah, because me that was our first like real head to head Rory versus John uh, John Rahm, and you had John Rahm to win the Masters, which he did. So you were following that, and I think he. He I like he doubled tri- he like whole- triple or yeah three putted inside of like six feet or something. Yeah, it was horrible. It was <laughs> yeah. a horrible start. Yeah, in uh, the first couple holes though. Yeah, I don't he think was, it was the, the first, first hole. He was the first. No, it was the first hole. Oh, was it was it? literally he was the first player to ever win the Masters after double bogeying the first hole of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, but so I saved par last week three and two. Um, I got our head-to-head game with the Packers over the Chargers, which I had no business winning. Took a tough loss with the Cardinals um, versus the Houston Houston Texans. Houston Texans won 21-16. I had four and a half. Um, was just on the wrong side of the Steelers, Browns, pick them, and um, hit the Bears plus eight. Got lucky to hit the Rams plus one, I think. So I'll take the three and two, 28-26 and one on the season. Boy, the Bears almost gave away. We almost had a big time bad beat on our hands with the Bears because I was on, I was with you on the Bears. Um, I didn't give it out, but I did bet it personally because I, I felt the same way you did. But when Fields fumbled that ball, I was like, "Oh my God, they're going to recover this, score a touchdown, and cover." They that would have arguably been the worst beat of the season. Like plus, depending on what number you got, because it got as high as like plus nine, which they still could have 
the Lions could have covered. But Detroit was down, what, 10 points with four minutes to go or maybe more? I think yeah. they were down 10. So at that point, if you got, let's just say, plus nine, you're up 19 and a half points with four minutes to go. Wow. And theoretically lose. Yeah, I mean, you've had some real rough luck this year. Um, you know, you had that, that I think, the Patriots losing on that safety, losing that cover yeah, the against safety. the Raiders. That, that was, might have been, that was, that was one of the worst. The, the Houston Texans losing by a half point because their kicker was injured and that weird Bucks game, that that sucked. Um, those are the two that jump out to me. But yeah, if, if uh, <laughs> my my heart stopped when that ball started rolling towards the Detroit Lions end zone, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And like there was like such a wide range of emotions in that game because I also had the money line. It was like, it was looking good. The bears effectively outplayed the lions. They should have won that game. Yeah. They should have won that game. They had, I think double the time of possession and more yards. So it was, it was a shitty loss, but at least I got the cover for me. So I, uh, I'm not going to force it though. in the NFL week 12 slate, um, I have (laughs) that being said, I have seven picks, three are lean four are like, I'm going to the contest with only one of them are on the Thanksgiving is in the Thanksgiving slate. So we'll talk about that. I will post a Thanksgiving betting preview, probably going to tease the two favorites and then bet the uh, big underdog outright. And we'll talk about that one now, which is the Washington commanders uh, getting 11 at the Dallas Cowboys. I am taking the commanders. Um, I'm taking the, 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 the 10 points and I think, or the 11 points, I think I am actually going to sprinkle on the money line. Um, the Cowboys are 0 three against the spread on Thanksgiving games under Mike McCarthy. The one of them that they, that they lost against the spread, uh, and outright actually was against the commanders a couple years ago. You were on the right side of that giants backdoor cover last year on Thanksgiving giants lost 28. 28- 20 they were 10 and a half point underdogs i believe so cowboys don't really cover numbers here um i think they're out come um against the carolina panthers last last week was misleading it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter their offense didn't play particularly well and this is just the biggest or best by low spot of the season the washington commanders just lost to tommy devito as seven and a half point closing favorites they were minus nine at home um, in that game for most of the week, Tommy DeVito's trash. Washington looked like trash, though. They gave up 31 points to that team. The Giants. 24 of them off turnovers, off their five turnovers. Yeah, Sam Howell uh, had just probably his, that definitely his worst game as a pro. So it's a buy low spot, but Washington really ain't that bad. They're 10th in net um, early down success rate, 10th in net red zone scoring which is actually ahead of the Dallas Cowboys they're five one and one against the spread as underdogs this year so they have like good offensive players that would be good on most teams like I I like Brian Robinson Terry McLaurin's a baller I like that kid Dotson uh Curtis Samuel can play their offensive line's weak if uh Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons destroys Sam Howell that wouldn't be surprising, but you know, you can kind of say that about any football team, right? If the defensive line destroys the offensive line, we're screwed here. So I'm going to take the 10 points here. Um, and it's also Washington's last stand, you know, they're not completely out of the playoff race. Um, Seattle Seahawks and who's the other Minnesota Vikings are probably going to fall back to the pack. So that six and 17, the NFC is up for grabs. Washington could sneak in there. 
they lose this game, they're probably not. So I think we get a full effort. This is their Super Bowl. I'll take the 11 with the uh, Commanders. Yeah, I think that's the right side. I mean, this is pretty perfect rule of Danzy, especially the Commanders coming off a loss. They, I, I it's good. It'd be tough for me to back them here just because they knocked me out of a Survivor pool, uh, which really sucked. Probably ended a lot of Survivors actually. Yep. That um, was like the. Ended- that was the spot a lot of people wanted to use the commanders. Rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, in ours, there were six people left. Four of us used the commanders. Uh, the two other guys didn't. And then they actually, one of them had Detroit. So the other guy was that close to winning it all. Uh, but they ended up splitting splitting it, as usually happens when you get down to like the final two. But yeah, it ended our pool. And damn it, Sam Howe. Ugh, awful. But look, so wait, the, the final two decided to split the, roman- the, the money? Yeah, oh, I would. I, are you are you guys good friends? Because I would have been a dick. Like, no, we're we're playing this out. I mean, I wasn't in it. We lost. We had the commanders. You no, know I'm I saying, was... but is it is it like well, good friends or well, is it like strangers? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's actually like my dad's pool, and they I offered say, okay. us they offered us a split last week with the final six, and I was like, no, I'm yeah, not splitting it six ways. I'm not chopping shit. And then we lost. So. <laughs> <laughs> who's the loser now i guess it's me uh yeah i don't know i mean uh whatever we don't need to get into that but it, it's frustrating but that's that's exactly why they're the perfect team to back this week yep um all right let's move along to a nfc south matchup which is a division still very much well, up for we grabs. might as well we got to talk about the we're not gonna talk about the other games well, I was going to say I'm not going to force it because I don't have bets ready to go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you have some stuff, let's talk about it. Uh, the first game on Thanksgiving is obviously the Lions, um, the host and the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to tease. I'm gonna, uh, this is going to be a, a square tease I'm going to do, but I'm going to tease the Lions down to, from 7.5 to 1.5. I'm going to tease the, uh, the the Niners down from 7 to 1. Um, and that's the look that I like. But – if I had to pick a side in the Packers Lions, I think I'd pick the Packers, even though they did get dumb lucky to cover and beat the Chargers last week. Jordan Love had probably his best game as a pro. Um, he didn't get much out of the running game, which is a surprise against the Chargers and still played pretty well. Granted, only scored 23 points. Again, they had no business winning that game. Lions beat the shit out of them earlier this year on a short week. So. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. That's why I am teasing the Lions. But um, if it's if I had to take the points, I or if I had to take a side against the regular spread, it'd be the Packers. What, what are you feeling for this one? You know, like I said, I, I'm not, I haven't put any picks together this week. I went six and four last week. Finally, that was my first winning week, and I don't know, practically ever. So, but first glance, that under looks juicy for the first game. I think 47 and a half is high. I think Detroit, I mean, Detroit scored the majority of their points in the fourth quarter last week against the bad Bears defense. I don't think the Packers offense is any good at all. I'm having trouble. I mean, the implied total, let's see, is what? Packers to score 20 points. That seems high to me. I don't think the Packers get to 20. That also puts the Lions at 27 and a half. Yeah. I think I like the under here. I like a, like a 24, 13 lions win, man. I know there's, I, there's a lot of NFL internet handicappers that love the over here. I can't follow you on this one. It looks like there's split action 
on the the public bets, but there's more money on the over. But Island games have been going under like crazy this year. And yeah, and that's, the last and one that's the soared thing. over the total. Thanksgiving's going to draw a lot of betting action. I mean, you look at the ratings last year, the Thanksgiving games were, I think all three of them ranked in the top five of games watched. The Cowboys-Giants game was the most watched regular season game ever. So you're going to get action on these games. Public loves to bet the over. And you see Detroit, you see Green Bay, you kind of harken back to those teams being strong offensively. Detroit's offense is good. I don't know that it's great. Goff looks really bad last week against a Chicago defense that isn't any good. Man, I, I really think the under is the play here, and I'll probably end up talking myself into betting it. Yeah, but to your point, the public's going to be coming in on the over, so wait until a few minutes before kickoff. Maybe you get a 49, something like that. If it gets to 49, it's an auto-trigger pull for me, for sure. Nice. Um, yeah, next game, Commanders-Cowboys. already discussed that one, obviously. Niners. I like the under there, too. Oh, really? There's yeah. sharp action on the under. More Around 67% of the bets are on the over. Yeah. Yeah, I might go under all three, if I'm being honest with you, man. I think That's there's no way that... I think if you bet all three unders here, you're you're in a good spot to at least go two and one. I don't think any. I don't think there's any way two of these games go over. And maybe the strategy here is not try to figure out which one miraculously goes over with some weird shit that keeps happening, and just bet all three, take your profit off the one, call it a call it a happy Thanksgiving, put the money back on the on the uh, the Black Jets Friday Dolphins game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly under under Jets team total. Man, the Jets total's got to be so low. What is it? Let's see. Uh, totals 41 jets are plus 10 31 15 so 15 and a half is their team total i Ooh. love it <laughs> yeah love i kind of do too yeah man i kind of do too because this i mean this dolphins team is still trying to like work out its defense i mean you know figure things out so they're gonna want a stats game they're gonna want to you know they're not gonna want to give any points to tim boyle and show that they're not holding the offense back so if it's kind of like I kind of like the under in the Black Friday game too. Sure, I mean Jets defense could play. I don't, I don't think they've given up on the season yet. And either way, it's a divisional matchup, island game. Like wait, wait, wait. there's no. Are you kidding me? They have not even close to giving up on the season. They're still right in the thick of the AFC playoff picture, especially with all the nonsense going on with the Bengals and the Browns. Like, do you think that the Bengals are? Actually, now the Browns and Steelers are both holding playoff spots right now. Like, you think teams don't think they can catch those two teams? Well, we'll talk about that with the Bills. But, I mean, before the Steelers, you have one, two, three, four, five, six teams in front of the Jets. Like, they're not jumping those six and Why? the Steelers. Who scares you? Other than maybe, I mean, the even Bills? Houston, rookie quarterback. Yeah, the Bills for sure. I mean, the but- Chargers have the same record. I plan on fainting the Chargers perhaps this week, but I mean, I would expect – I have more confidence in I'm the Chargers. Saying, I, right. I know you do. What I'm saying is if you're a Jets player, Jets coach, you think you're looking at any of those teams ahead of you and going like, man, there's no way we're better than that team or can't catch that team is what I'm saying. Like we could – I think the Chargers are a lot better than the Jets, obviously. But I don't think the Jets think that. I don't think the Jets think that the Bills are that much better than them even though they just walloped them. Yeah. They already beat the Broncos, Bengals. Don't have Burrow, Raiders, or you know, rookie coach, rookie quarterback. And yeah, not 
You make a fair point. So what I'm saying, like, which one of those teams do you think you can't catch? Yeah. So they're not mailing it in on Friday. So that even strengthens your point on the under. I think I'd go with the team total um, for the Jets, even though that's pretty square. I actually, I don't think, like, the public bets team totals either which way. So maybe, I don't know. But if of all the totals in the Thanksgiving and Black Friday I mean, the, games, I would I'd like probably it's worth go, pointing it's worth pointing out, though, that like since the because everyone keeps calling them, I heard it today. Someone's like, oh, the Jets facing the explosive Dolphins offense. Like, well, not the last two weeks. I mean, they've only combined for 34 points in the last two games. That's 17 points per game. And they had 17 against the Eagles in, in between. A, a You know, they dropped the Patriots pretty good. But like the Dolphins aren't exactly putting up points lately. No, uh, I talked about this when I took the Panthers, even though they ended up just smoking the Panthers, but they have a, an intricate offense with a lot of moving pieces. And if a guy misses their spot or, you know, him and Tua and Tyreek or Jalen Waddle aren't on the same page, you know, that could be an interception. And that's why you'll see and some Tua, weird throws from Tua. Tua turns the ball over, man. Like yeah. the, I think that he has a reputation as a guy who protects the football, but like he turns the ball over too. Mm-hmm. And it, it probably more than, than Dolphins fans would like for sure. No. Yep. So, uh, what I was going to say though about the three Thanksgiving and the one Black Friday game, the under in San Francisco um, Seahawks is like the one total that would jump out to me or that I would play. Again, I think I'm just going to go with San Fran tease down with the Lions, but the forty three and a half. I I want to fade Geno Smith. I think he sucks, but Seattle's defense, at least from a personnel perspective is really good. Uh, They're mostly healthy. Um, You know, you got that Brock Purdy MVP talk. San Francisco looks like um, they're going to represent the NFC. Well, it's them and the Eagles that could represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. They're an awesome team through and through, and I think now is a good time to either bet against their offense or maybe just bet on their defense and Seattle being a trash offense, which is what I'm thinking, but... That's all I got just, for I wanna, that guy. That game. What do you think? I just want to. Uh, yeah, I just want to quickly put a number or two because I hate when people throw stuff out and then don't back it up at all. But Tua has eight interceptions this year and nine fumbles. Uh, he lost three of them, so he's got eleven turnovers in ten games. So he turns the ball over at least once a game. He's good for a certain turnover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now that you put a bow on that, though, what are you thinking for the Niners Seahawks? Ah. I don't. I mean, like I said, I, I would probably just lean towards the under. Um, I'll have to look. This It's Seattle in November, so I have to look at the weather. That that might come into play here, and I haven't done that, and we don't probably don't have the best forecast quite yet because that game's still over two full days away. Yeah. But The projection's low 40s, um, seven-mile-per-hour wind, wind. No rain. It's no rain and low wind, huh? Hmm. It's a good game. It's gonna be, gonna be a fine game. Yeah, that's interesting. Then I might, I might lean away from the. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't gathered my thoughts on that one. It's a tough one. I don't like either side here. I think Seattle is the obvious rule of D and Z team, given that they just lost to the Rams in kind of a big spot, while the Niners had no problem. But I just, I. I still think Seattle's a little bit overrated by the market, and it's possible San Francisco's still a shade underrated because of their... I don't know if there's any value here, if I'm being honest. 
this is probably a complete stay away for me. I'm trying to query what the uh, ATS and over under records are for Seahawks in primetime. Nothing really jumps out. They're a great home primetime team, but most of that is uh, with Russell Wilson. Good, good Russell Wilson. So not much to gain there. I'm going to have to soak it, uh, dive into these matchups a little further for my uh, Thanksgiving 2023 betting piece. But that's all I got for the Thanksgiving Day games and the, the Black Friday game. Do you have anything else to add to that before we go to the Sunday slate? All right, so I have three bets that I am pretty much locked in in. I locked in four, um, but I do need your help maybe finalizing my card. The first one... I'm going with the Saints at the Falcons. I faded the Saints as road favorites. They're, this is a pick 'em right now, uh, minus one ten each way, you know. But I think the Saints are going to end up closing at fa- on, as favorites, so that means I'll take Derek Carr, and Dennis Allen as road favorites, which perform epically bad against the spread historically. But I'm fading jo- um, Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith if there is a coaching edge. Yeah, I think some people would argue Arthur Smith has a coaching edge over Dennis Allen. I don't truly believe that. I think Dennis Allen sucks, but I think Arthur Smith sucks too. I think the bye week offsets any coaching edge. And Dennis Allen was two and is two and one straight up and against the spread following bye weeks in his career. He didn't get a third chance at a bye week at the Raiders in his first stint because he got fired midseason. But hey, pretty good on the on the small sample size. Uh, they beat the Atlanta Falcons last year after their bye, twenty-one eighteen, and the Saints are actually six and one straight up against the Falcons in the last seven meetings. The last Atlanta win versus New Orleans was a Matt Ryan versus Trevor Simeon game, so that really doesn't even count. Um, but point is, Saints just a better roster, a better organization than the Falcons, and typically have their number. Um, the Saints, I believe, are actually tiers above the Atlanta Falcons. And net EPA, the Saints are 11th, Atlanta's 22nd. And net early down success rate, the um, Saints are 14th, and the Atlanta Falcons are uh, 19th. So that's where I'm at here. I'm going to take the Saints at a pick em price and hope that they cover and hope I don't look stupid with Dennis Allen. Um with uh, De- Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, so that's where I'm at. But uh, I don't know. How do you feel about any of that, Dan? I mean, what do you what do you see in the Saints Falcons matchup? Well, I'm going to come across a bit of a hypocrite here because earlier I said I, I love all NFL football. <laughs> I have almost no interest in this football game. If I'm being totally honest, I hate Arthur Smith with an undying passion. I think he's a horrible coach. I think he's a huge jerk, and he should be fired. I find the Saints like not a lot of fun to watch. Like I just it's just is not a game that I would bet because like I don't even think I could make it interesting for myself. Um, you know, Carr is still in concussion protocol, so I guess you're banking on him playing. I don't know where are you at with the car concussion stuff. Well, I don't really care. I I, I kind of like Jameis Winston, especially compared to Derek Carr. I'd prefer to have Derek Carr out there slightly, but he's terrible as a road favorite. And I haven't seen much out of him that I enjoy. And or would that, you cons- would, is this a game though where you'd kind of maybe hope that Carr gets rolled out and you get a better number on the Saints? I don't think the market moves very much. I don't think it matters. Um, 
No, this is this is very much a anti Desmond Ritter Arthur Smith play. Like this guy, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's going I from agree. Desmond Ritter to Taylor Heineke to Desmond Ritter when he's properly asked, "What the f are you doing with your your, your uh, Bijan Robinson?" He gives this word salad, just nonsense answer. It's like, dude, whatever. Oh, my favorite. I wrote about this. This was great. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he gave my favorite. I. I I can't believe like an NFL coach who believes I saw there were so many great tweets about it. So I'll, I'll steal some of them. But basically he said that Bijan Robinson is great without the ball in his hands. <laughs> it's like, so they, you drafted him number eight overall to be a decoy, just like Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Like that's your strategy. We drafted Kyle Pitts, Drake London and Bijan Robinson. So they can be decoys and we can get the ball to Johnny Smith. The guy we really want to get the football to. All right, Arthur, you're right. You are the smartest guy in the room and we have no right to question your genius. God, I hate this guy. I hate him. Yeah. I hate him. And outside of Desmond Ritter, I think the Atlanta organization has done a pretty good job building that roster. Like that defense has players. The offense has players. Like I'm not huge into Drake London, but he's he's pretty good. Kyle Pitts, I think, still could be pretty good. The offensive line isn't awful, you know. Desmond Ritter is definitely an anchor and that sucks, but Yeah, I think Arthur Smith got the rep that he got the most out of his team last year because they weren't very good last year and they went seven and 10, which was seen as like a positive. But again, it was all one score wins due for regression. Like his strategy of I'm just going to win games close is not a it's not a sustainable strategy. No, it's not. And I, I, I think I posted this in one of my stories. Like there's a great stat out there about how Arthur Smith has never won a game by more than 14 points. I think he's four and or what is it he's like four and 18 in games decided by more than a touchdown meaning that if the game is decided by more than a touchdown it means the falcons lost because they don't blow anyone out the only wins they get are close usually lucky i think he's actually gotten a lot of like he's the opposite of brandon staley in my opinion i think brandon staley is a lot better coach than arthur smith and has gotten a lot worse luck no i'd I'd agree with that um, just that bullshit where he was talking about how they asked him why he doesn't give Bijan Robinson more touches. And he had that bullshit answer that you said, but he also said something effective. Tyler Azier is one of the best short down running or short yardage running backs in the NFL. It's like, dude, why the hell did you draft Bijan Robinson then? Like, the if Lions, you believe that, why, why the lions did it perfectly, which is, and I said, this was going to happen. Everyone like started freaking out, including you. Because they yeah. spent high fantasy draft picks on Jameer Gibbs. But, like, rookie running backs tend to get more touches as the year goes on. The problem is that's not happening for Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Um, but it is happening for Jameer Gibbs. Like, this is what – if you ask any, like, any good fantasy analyst will tell you. If you draft a rookie running back high, you need to have solid guys that you can get points from early in the season. Because those are the type of guys that can be league winners, but you got to survive the first eight to ten weeks where coaches – because running backs do have a lot of responsibility in today's NFL when it comes to pass blocking. It's huge. I mean, the the league is going pass. Running backs need to be able to both catch passes. They need to pass block. And they also know how to kind of do both, where it's like – I think they were pointing out – I think it was Samaje Ryan made a catch in the Broncos' win in that last drive. Veteran guy, and I think maybe – Aikman pointed it out there was he was set to pass block but he didn't have a defender and he noticed it right away and he slipped out into the flat Mm -hmm. and was open for a big first down and it was like I think they pointed out like I said they pointed out on the broadcast that he was supposed to pass block but realized 
like our line's got this. We don't need me to pass block. And now I can slip out and the defense expecting P Ryan to just stay in the backfield and pass block didn't guard him. And that's the, like that awareness comes with time. You know, rookies don't usually pick that up right away. It takes a little time to recognize, to also be able to recognize the defense and be like, Oh, I can sneak out here. So Gibbs is now Dan Campbell did it right. Like Montgomery is going to get a lot of touches early. He's a veteran. We can trust Gibbs got more and more opportunities. Then he got a chance with Montgomery hurt. And now you're not putting that thing back. You're not putting that genie back in the box. And the simpler way to break down the situation. um, I have Jameer Gibbs on my fantasy team. So I've been critical of Dan Campbell and butthurt about all that, but they're eight and two and David Montgomery is playing pretty good football for them. I don't know. Well, how how critical can you be of an eight and two team, right? So, I mean, Atlanta Falcons again. It's a fade on them. Um, you know, I didn't want to make this a whole running back value conversation, but I think the mismanagement of Bijan Robinson just shows how out of his depth Arthur Smith is. So, I think that's the most important uh, angle in this or factor in this handicap. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, let's go to the next bet that I have the Buffalo Bills, um, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking the three with the Bills. I'm taking the money line with the Bills. I'm betting the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I think this is last week prior to them, uh, waxing the Jets. You probably could have got a better number, but this is the second lowest spot in their season, I'd say. But if you just, if you look at the team without the record, (laughs) there's, a top three team in football, you know, it's just these fluky turnovers, which you've written about, you've talked about in this podcast. Um, you're, uh, a Josh Allen turnover truther. And, um, you know, this is something, this is kind of a, a zag or departure from that take. And I haven't told anyone this. This is the first time I'm going to bring this up. I quietly haven't sold any of my Sean McDermott stock. I actually am siding with Sean McDermott in the divorce between him and Ken Dorsey. I think there's been too much on Josh Allen's plate. I think they need to play more complimentary football. McDermott turned around that franchise. He took uh, Tyrod Taylor to the playoffs. I have faith in Sean McDermott, and I'm not going to like besmirch him because of Ken Dorsey, who was doing an all right job. I'm not going to even hate on Ken Dorsey, but I like Sean McDermott. I'm not selling any stock in him. Also, we got a bit of rule Danzy here. Philly just beat Kansas City on the road in prime time. They have a short week against a team that's as good as Kansas City, in my opinion. And frankly, Philly didn't even play that well against KC. Like it was more KC puking down, uh, puking on themselves than it was Philly beating them. They only had 4.4 yards per play. They were minus seven in first down differential. Did so. you see that stat about the Chiefs not having scored a second half point in four games? I didn't. That's crazy. They have not scored a point in the second half since like October 20th or something crazy. Yeah. So there's a – this is interesting. I, there's almost like a, 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 a – 
blog post or an article idea here, but like, I think people, and I've been guilty of this, want to say the Chiefs are like distraction proof. This this Taylor Swift thing could be a distraction that could bog down this team, right? And it, this is kind of a thin analogy, but the Giants have been cursed since that Justin Bieber photo, and I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be that bad. Like it's not gonna be that bad. They're, the Chiefs probably gonna be in the AFC Championship, if not the Super Bowl again. But like that added pressure and just him traveling granted it was a bye week but traveling in between in between games to go watch her in the concert like how is that different than what the giants did i hadn't i hadn't seen this my wife actually told me about it um julian edelman former patriots receiver kind of came for kelsey a little bit for that and was like look you can go do that you want to go to argentina in your bye week that's fine your ass better ball out can't be dropping balls dude and he's not like it's you know, and then he starts bringing up the retirement stuff, like my, and you're just like, something's up, yeah. something's up. And look, the, there's no secret that the Chiefs' receiving core isn't great. Like they need Travis Kelsey to be the All number pro. one player in that offense, and he's not doing it. Like he is a big part of the reason. I texted you last night an expletive with Travis Kelsey's name because, like you, uh, I was on the Chiefs last night, and you know fumbling in the red zone like Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble in the red zone that's yeah. I mean look and I'm not gonna just put it all on Taylor Swift and all that stuff but like I'm with you that it, it's not just like oh Travis Kelsey's distracted by a relationship it's a relationship with the biggest pop star arguably on the planet yeah. like he is getting attention that he never like cameras are falling around he's got paparazzi like just from a human perspective, there's zero privacy. That, he has no that, more that, privacy. It's it's impossible that's not affecting him, his mental state and his ability to prepare for football games. It's just impossible. And it's look, it's bearing itself out on the field. I mean, he had a brutal drop. He made up for it a couple plays like, but like just a just stuff you don't see Travis Kelsey do. And him and Mahomes don't seem on the same page. There was that even just that play where Mahomes kind of escaped and then overthrew Kelsey. And obviously it wasn't Kelsey's fault. He was open and, and, and Mahomes overthrew him. But it was one of those things where it's like, they complete that. Like, yep. is it, is there not enough? Like, a, I don't know. Is the relationship taking away from their bond? Like, or is he not, I, I don't know. Like, look, we're just speculating here, but I, I'm kind of with you that I, I think this is having an impact at least a little bit, but also, you know, that in the chief's roster isn't that, great no if 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 they get travis travis kelsey at 80 percent production he's still a top five tight end in the league but that's not good enough for them to be better than no, the bills exactly. the eagles the niners like they're you know again it comes from a team like the Andy eagles Reed. especially not a team like the eagles which has aj brown devonta smith and deandre swift on offense yeah. the chiefs can't match with that on that side of the ball, and at shit, all. their defense showed up last night. You know, you, you hold them to twenty one. That's really good. Yeah, you. I mean, if the if from the the Kansas City defensive perspective, like, hey, we held Philly to twenty one. Do your fucking job, offense. You know, like, what do you want from us? I mean, last three weeks, the Chiefs have scored what forty seven points in three weeks. Like, we're used to seeing the Chiefs put up forty seven points in a game. Yeah, not across three weeks. So yeah, I mean that, and that's a big part of my handicap for the Bills here. It's like you know, everyone's like, "Well, Philly just beat Kansas City." Yep, 
Jalen Hurts had a negative EPA, had a negative completion percentage over expectation, and a 33% success rate. And if you just look at that in a vacuum, that's one of the worst games Jalen Hurts has played in a couple years now. So, also, this line is fishy, man. It, it is. It's it's minus three and a half. So essentially, Vegas it's, is. Saying, I thought it was down to three now. Well, either way, let's just say yeah. let's okay. But Philly's at home, so Vegas is saying these teams are equal. Yeah, Philly gets a home field bump. You think the public thinks these teams are equal? They absolutely do not. No, public is fully buying that the Eagles at nine and one are way better than the Buffalo Bills. However, if you look at the EPA per play, the Bills are the better team. Oh, across the board, a lot of people. Buffalo outranks this Philly in a, net EPA, net yards per play, net early down success rate, net pressure rate, net third down rate, net red zone scoring percentage. They rank six or better in all those metrics and really top three in most of them. Like The Bills, efficiency-wise, be are a better team. Mortgage. This might be bet the mortgage game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is such a perfect spot. You're, I mean, like you said, it's not quite a full rule of Dan Z type thing because the Bills are – but like – you know, they beat the Jets and the Jets bench Zach Wilson. Like, I don't know that that really plays a lot into. No one sees the, the Bills beating the Jets. I'm like, oh, all right, the Bills are back. They're definitely. Yeah, no, no. You know, people know. are still holding on that seam. This Bills team is in for a down year feeling that they held a couple weeks ago. But the Jets defense is good and the Bills did look good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they like holding the Jets to six points. Yeah, you should. <laughs> the Jets offense is terrible. Um and they haven't a, had a touchdown scored by someone on offense named Brees Hall, not named Brees Hall since week four, which is insane, by the way. They have four offensive touchdowns since week four, and Brees Hall has scored all of them. Yeah. And everyone talks about all the injuries of the Bills, the defense, which is fair, and their underlying metrics are trash. But since those injuries, which were seven weeks ago, the Bills are one in six to the under. So they're playing complementary football, like like the Broncos. The Broncos played a dog shit game. They just got lucky turnovers against the Bills. I was on the right side of that Bucks cover against the Bills. They had no business covering that game. Zero. Like the Bills beat the shit out of that team. Um, I'm struggling to remember past that point or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Like Bills beat the crap out of the Jets last week. You know, they did exactly what they're supposed to. And I mean, if the Bills go into to the link and upset the Eagles, I'm getting them right now at plus twenty eight hundred to win the Super Bowl. Is that number does that get halved if they win this game? Probably, right? Because you look at the teams, like Bengals, no Joe Burrow. Chargers struggling. Who knows what they look like? I Actually, I have a prediction on what they're going to look like. We'll talk about well, it in a second. we talked about it earlier, right? Like, when you look at the teams in the AFC playoff picture, like, who scares you? It's Buffalo. Right. That's the team. Like, I Steelers, you, they're gone. Like, right? like, the Chiefs, the Jags. Like, if the, if the Bills get, like, the Jags in the first round, yep. I will – be hammering the Bills, hammering, and then they win. Hammering, and then and then what? It's them and the Ravens. Like, okay, well, what are we going to do there? Like, you got you got Lamar Jackson with this, you know, pocket. Uh, that would be a really fun passing. playoff. I hope we get to see that. I think that would actually be a great playoff game. Bills, yeah. like Buffalo, Baltimore playoff game in Baltimore. I would love that. I actually hope that happens. Yeah, then Jacksonville Bills would be a sick game. I'd be interested in seeing that. I, I, I like you. I would take the Bills. I. I think because if Bills you, are making the playoffs, by the way, let me just be like all this noise has been coming up of like Bills. Uh, oh, their schedule. Like that, that whole thing about your schedule being hard. Like, yes, that's bad for teams that are mediocre because they're going to lose the team. But yeah. like, 
that's the thing people don't understand. The Bills are just as good as those teams that are on their schedule that make it a tough schedule. Right. Um, and uh, what else was I going to say? I'm kind of spacing out, but no, I think that for the most part does it. Um, and the Bills get to finish at the Chargers versus the Patriots at the Dolphins. I think they win all three of those games. Yeah, I mean, uh, so what I was going to say is like, People talk about their path to the playoffs. They have to go five and one, four and two, which a they're capable of, and b like Steelers are holding the seventh wild card or the seventh AFC playoff seed. They're probably screwed, right? I mean, you know, you got no Joe Burrow. You got the Cleveland Browns who are seven and three, but I mean, at any point the wheels could fall off. They're a Miles Garrett injury away from being Dunzo for the season, and. Even if he stays healthy, they still have DTR starting for for them. So, you know, I like the Bills. And, again, if like you, like you said, if they get in the tournament, that 28-1 to 1 ticket by the time the playoff starts is closer to probably 10-1. to 1. Yeah, the Browns are interesting. They could sneak in just because their schedule. I mean, I think they'll probably lose to Jacksonville. That Houston-Browns game in Week 16 – could be for a playoff spot like who thought that i mean dude that's gonna end up being a massive football game browns texans week 16 i mean we kind of talked i had the browns win the super bowl and i said the texans were gonna be good i gave out their all over seven and a half you know what pisses me off i don't i'm not even gonna break down the texans jaguars game because i just can't i keep losing money on the texans i should be winning money on the texans like i predicted them being good and i I'm going to lose money this season on them. I don't even get it. It pisses me off. Why don't you just stay with what you had? Just bet them every week. They have to be good against the spread. Dude, no. I don't know. The, oh, they're not. Well, actually, they they lost by be. a half point to the Falcons, but they actually lost that game outright. They lost by a half point to the Buccaneers, um, the game that they, they won outright. They lost by a half point to the Cardinals. Yeah. And the contest line, I took the Cardinals pre-kickoff at five and a half, so I won, but I lost in the contest. I lost in the podcast. And either which way I cut it, like the Texans just keep screwing me. And I, I was right about this team. It, it pisses me off. Um, all right, though. That's all I got for this one. Let's talk yeah, about. Houston's five and five. They're even against the spread, but plus, plus almost five on margin. Yeah. It's a bummer. Um, all right. The, <laughs> the Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, well, it keeps costing me money. Los Angeles Rams um, at the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to take the Rams minus 115 money line. Um, yeah, it's pretty much a pick em. L- LA's got the better quarterback, the better defense, the better coach. Um, I know everyone's down on Sean McVay because he does make brain-dead decisions, but he's. I'd rather have him as my coach than John Gannon, who could be good. We'll see. Arizona got a lucky cover. Uh Last week against the the Houston Texans, the Rams lost against the closing number, so you could do the fade recency bias angle here. Uh, Arizona got outgained by 100 yards. Houston tried to give that game away. Arizona just wouldn't take it. C.J. Stroud threw more interceptions against Arizona than he did in the previous nine games. There's more action on the Cardinals, according to PFF and pregame, so I can I take what I think is the better team against the public. Matthew Stafford, his season has kind of gone down the toilet since he balled out against Seattle in week one. But um, 
again, I do think he's still the better quarterback than Kyler Murray, and they've played a really tough schedule, and yet they still have a chance to 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 make it and sneak into the playoffs because Seattle's next four games are an absolute nightmare. The Minnesota Vikings, you saw how Josh Dobbs started to look in the second half of that season. They're in for a lot of trouble down the stretch, even though they do have somewhat of an easy schedule. So I'm going to take the Rams here. I think they should be close to the two-and-a-half-point favorites even in Arizona. So that's where I'm at here. Any any pushback, any thoughts on the game? Not really. Well, <laughs> it's not a very exciting I mean, game, to be honest. It's so. not. And they're, like these are both teams that I like to bet on and – not really fade um i guess like with the rams coming off a win and the cardinals coming off a loss i just i would rather bet the rams but i don't i don't love it so Hmm. i I probably would stay away well i really like the sunday night football game baltimore ravens um at the san uh, at the los angeles chargers that's probably my fifth pick i'm looking at a couple other afc north teams that could take uh, the Ravens spot as my fifth pick, but we'll go with the Ravens right now and I'll run those other games past you if we still have time. But I just, you know, I'm kind of a Ravens whisperer lately. I backed them in their three last three covers and that Detroit whooping they had that Seattle whooping. And then last week against the Bengals, uh, me and me and my brother put it on our joint circle millions card. I, I gave it out on outkick.com backslash betting. So I feel as though I know this team pretty good and, the uh, unpredictable.com has the uh, Baltimore Ravens or the, says the market has the Baltimore Ravens 5.4 points better than the chargers. There's going to be no home crowd advantage. If anything, there's going to be more Baltimore Ravens fans there. So I think this number should be closer to five. I, I do see value in it. Um, and Lamar's low key, a beast on prime time, 15 or 14 and five straight up. Um, he has career bests in yards per rush and quarterback rating. And I think this is going to be his MVP game. You know, I think he's going to just put it on the Chargers. Uh, the Ravens could also get the one seed in the AFC. We'll see, you know, how the Chiefs look against the Raiders earlier that day. But, you know, the, right now the Ravens have the most wins in the AFC and, and the driver's seat to win the um, home the home field advantage to the AFC playoffs. I I'm not as anti Brandon Staley as everyone else, but I do. I think we both agree he's cursed, and given his curse, that makes this a pretty epic coaching mismatch. I could just see muff punts, weird kickoff mismanagement. You know, just like if you got given the injuries of the Chargers receiving core, and you got Keenan Allen dropping balls, it's like this this team is in rough shape right now, and the Ravens are a wagon. They got extra time to prepare for this. Um, no Joey Bosa, no Mike Williams, no Josh Palmer was playing pretty good. I don't know. Like it's square. I just, I can't, I can't make a case of the chargers here other than Herbert in prime time. Yeah. It's a must win essentially, uh, for LA. Yeah. That's fair. Um, it's quite possible. Brandon Staley gets fired if they lose this game, maybe, which yeah. maybe Did... some of the guys on the team want him fired. So maybe it'll have the reverse impact. Um, I, I can't bet against the chargers here, especially not getting points at home, but I don't, I don't love it. So I, again, this is, it's a, it's another one of these games that I really just kind of want to watch, um, and see what, how the chargers respond. It's a, it's a big spot for Staley though. His career I think is on the line at this point. It's pretty much the last chance to showcase. And it, it, it is interesting to me 
how quickly narratives in the NFL can shift. If they beat Baltimore on Sunday night football, everything changes. Like it, it turns on a dime. So I'm not saying they're going to, but man, it's just a big game. It's a big game. It's a big game. I'm rooting for him. I really am. I, I, I pull for my guys daily. I like Herbert too. I'm pulling for him. I just, it'd be a, it'd be a good win for them. I take his side in the whole press conference blow up thing. Like if I was about to get fired, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going down swinging, whatever. I'm calling the place. Like, Look, here's the thing it. about the chargers. You know, everyone's piling on and you know, season's over and they're done and Staley, like, Let's say they win this game. Again, it's only a three-point spread. So Vegas sees this game as a lot closer than maybe everyone else does. Their next three games are against the Patriots, Broncos, and Raiders. You telling me they can't win those three games? Yeah. That's a good so point. So if they if they beat Baltimore and get to five and six, they have a perfect opportunity to get to eight and six. Which again, we've spent half this podcast talking about how jumbled the AFC is. You get to eight and six, they've got a shot. They've yep. got a shot. Yeah, I mean, these are Part of these are some of the reasons why the Ravens are my fifth team on my picks here, you know, and I, I am interested in these other two games. Do you have any other things to add before I quickly run past no. these last two? All right. Um, the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos. The Browns are two and a half point favorites. I am leaning strongly to the Browns um, because you're going to know what I'm talking about. Um, but there are people, we'll say it this way, there are people that have seen the recent success of the Denver Broncos. Like, wow, Sean Payton's figuring out. He's not. They're getting dumb lucky, right? And this Browns defense, I think, is just going to mop the Broncos offense. Obviously, I'm concerned about DTR. Obviously, I'm concerned about the the Browns off total. a big win. Look at that total, man. Yeah, 35, 35 and a half. Oh. For, for a guy who is on on the path to becoming a court, a hall of fame quarterback and a guy who everyone considers one of the better offensive minds the last 20 years, 35 and a half. So what's the implied, their implied total is what? No, 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 it's It's like 17 points, 17 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Team sucks. They just need Dorian Thompson Robinson to, to suck harder. And I might, very possible. Even at 35, I might just hammer that under. Well, this is just, beautiful teaser leg get that up to eight and a half with that with that that total you know you add that with maybe the texans up to seven and a half um i can double tease this man browns plus eight and a half under 41 and a half yeah that's not a bad look either so that's kind of what i'm thinking this is definitely going to be a, a teaser leg i just don't know if it can if i can take dorian thompson robinson on the road i'm a little nervous about that if i'm being honest and maybe yeah, just I like, I wish this was three or three and a half. I know this isn't great gambling analysis, and you're gonna roll your eyes or laugh, but like maybe Denver just has some good juju right now because they're just getting dumb lucky in a in a shitty way. I don't know, you know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're to your point though. Their luck has come via the turnover. Yeah, and it's not like Dorian Thompson Robinson isn't right capable of turning the ball over three or four times, which is essentially what the Broncos have been relying on, which once again, not a recipe for success. As we talk about all the time, I've mentioned it all the time that turnovers are pretty fluky. I mean, obviously the worse your quarterback is, the more they're going to turn the ball over. That's why I don't like, I'm not buying into this. Josh Allen is terrible because of the, like, does he turn the ball over a little bit more than 
you know, Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, he does. And he's not Patrick Mahomes. But that's who we're comparing him to. And that's who we're comparing him to for a reason. Because we all intuitively know that that's who he deserves to be compared to. You're not going to compare Dorian Thompson Robinson's turnovers to Patrick Mahomes' turnovers, right? That'd be yeah. silly. You get laughed out of the room for even bringing it up. Yeah. Josh reason, Allen's a lot closer to Patrick Mahomes it, than he is Sam it, that's Howell. What, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, they always, like, people do that where they're like, oh, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Like, no shit. Like, who's saying he is? The yeah. argument for Josh Allen isn't that he's Patrick Mahomes. It's that my point is you're making my point when you compare the two. Because I'm like, but look who you're comparing him to. You wouldn't do that with Kenny Pickett. No. Speaking of which, I have a heavy <laughs> lean towards the Steelers. <laughs> That's the last uh, game that I'm flirting with putting in my picks, the fifth one. Dude, I unsuccessfully bet the Steelers. As so hold on, much... wait, I, I, I want to make, I got to finish making this point because right. I think I'm on the Browns this week too because now I want to look. So I went and looked. Brown, uh, the Broncos have five wins this season, right? They beat the Chiefs by two touchdowns. Good win. I'm not going to take that away from them. Their other four wins combined is five, seven, eight points. They yeah. have combined... Average margin of victory in their other four wins is two points. What did, I, what did we say earlier? One win, one score games, and turnover luck, not a recipe for success. This is totally built on luck, 100%. Feels like you're taking a shot at the 2022 Giants. Look, no, I no, benefited no, with a you, lot with you. off the Giants. But it's true, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, And now look, now look where they are. Right. Season I mean, from that's hell. the thing. Like, we jump so – and that's part of my pro-Brandon Staley argument. It's like Staley's gotten – he's on the other end. He's a terrible coach because he's gotten terrible luck. Now, you know, three seasons of bad luck, at some point you might go, okay, well, maybe it's not luck in this case because there's something – if you do it – if you do it for a long enough time. The point is eventually it regresses to the mean, yeah. but you don't get a chance to have it regress if it happens three seasons in a row because that means you'd have to coach six seasons to have it even out. And you're not getting six seasons once you have three bad ones. Yeah, I mean, whether it be bad luck or a curse, like, hey, either way, we don't want to be in business with you, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, and perception is reality, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Sean Payton is looked at as doing a way better coaching job this season than Brandon Staley. They have one more win than the Chargers do. Do I think that the Denver Broncos are better than the Chargers? No, not even close. No, yeah. Not even close. And no, neither does anyone else, by the way. So knock this garbage off. Well, let's go to Unpredictable, which is a fun website that gives like the market ratings of all these teams. They have the Chargers ranked 10th still. The market does, excuse me, not this website. The market has the Chargers ranked 10th. They're, every other team is either, like there's only 11 teams at zero or above. So most, most of the league is terrible, actually. And Denver is 15th, but minus one four, uh, 1.4 points worse than a uh, than a, than an average team, whereas the Chargers are one point eight points better. So, on a neutral the Chargers, field, they're saying the Chargers would be a three point favorite over the Broncos. The market is the Chargers have a positive point differential. Like we were talking last week about how the Seahawks and the Steelers managed to have point. negative point differentials and were six and three. Chargers are four and six and they're plus twenty one points this year. The Broncos are five and five and they're minus fifty one. Yeah, uh, it's as simple as seventy that. to twenty losses. <laughs> looms large in that but i hear it's hey yeah but i mean okay but if you take that out and you also take out the one 
big win they had, that's 35. They're still minus 16 in their other eight games. Yeah. You also just can't take out a 70-point performance by a defense. They give up like, 70 points. I mean, yeah. look. Like, the Do- not only did they give up 70 points, but you go like, oh, is the Dolphins like, well, first of all, the Dolphins offense now doesn't look that great. And it's not like they've lost hmm. anyone from that team. And also, they gave up like 21 points to the Dolphins' backup quarterback and Robbie Chosen. They couldn't stop that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the Chargers' losses are kind of cursed and unfortunate, but they're all by one score mostly. They don't lose by 50 points. Like, no, I'm with you there. Um, so, and yeah. Their losses for the, like the Chargers have a couple of bad losses. I mean, you know, losing to the Packers wasn't great, but they were, well, I'm not going to justify it. It wasn't great. You know, the Titans' loss doesn't look great now, but that Titans team beginning of the season wasn't as bad as they devolved into. Tannehill was a little healthier. Lost to the Dolphins, lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. All, well, besides the Chiefs, all one-score games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, all right, last game here I want to talk about before I get over to Barking Dogs with uh, the homie Scott Martin. The um, last of my three leans here for my fifth pick is the Steelers versus the Bengals. I don't want to bet the Steelers again, but I feel like I, I should because I bet the Steelers at pretty much the same price against the Browns. The Browns are a much better team than the Bengals without Joe Burrow. The, Bang- the Bengals can't play total. any defense. Look at this total. It's even worse. Oh, what my God. It? I just noticed the Giants-Patriots total. Okay, one, two, three. We have three NFL games on Sunday that have totals of 35 or less. Yeah, and if NFL you is really testing our love. If you want to, if you want to bump it up to thirty six, you can add it. You can bring in a fourth game. Yep. Yeah, that's gross, dude. For sure, that's gross, and that's just Sunday. That's not counting any of the games before then. Although there, none of those are low, but like one day of football with so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are ten games, eleven games on Sunday. Four of them have totals of thirty six or less. Yeah. Gross. There's gonna be some brutal football, possibly. There's some gonna be some good football, but there's gonna be some. I kind of like. I gotta be honest. I kind of like the over in the Bengals Steelers, though. If I was gonna hit over on any one of them, it'd be that one because I think exactly what you're saying with Bur- This is again like right without Burrow, they got Browning starting. You got the Steelers offense in disarray. They just fired their offensive coordinator. I think perception here, but like you said, the Bengals defense has been struggling. Uh, I think this is a nice get right spot for the Steelers. Like like your look. But I would probably lean towards the over because I think if the Steelers win, it's going to be. I mean, what's their implied total? Each of the, I mean, the implied total for each team, if it were if it were a pick'em, would be seventeen. Mm-hmm. So it's what is it? Steelers seventeen and a half, Bengals sixteen and a half. I think both teams can get over that number. No, I like that lean towards the over as well. Um, yeah, I think I think I think Browning looked pretty solid to be honest. Like Bengals' offense is still really good, and he looked pretty solid. So. I mean, you I think can, they could score twenty points. You can get Jamar Chase in a short cross route that he turns into eighty yards, right, for a touchdown. You can get a couple of yeah, those. I think, up. I think yeah. T. Higgins is coming back, so yeah, yeah toss get it some, up to T. Yeah, so I think they can sneak get into seventeen points, and I think you know, this looks maybe more Steelers like one beat of those... him twenty seventeen type thing. <laughs> Which sadly would be over. Yeah, it'd be a sweat, but you're over would catch. I like twenty three twenty here. Yeah. I, I, I like twenty three twenty is the number, and I think, I think the firing of Matt Canada is gonna is gonna is gonna um, incentivize or it's or, a bit of the let it fly game for both teams. Like, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's going to impact the locker room. Like, cause Tom, Tomlin went to bat for Canada and eventually he's like, you know what? I, I, we can't do it. Have anymore. you seen the Chris Boswell video? No. So there's a video, uh, <laughs> after a Steelers win, like Matt Canada, cause he, he coaches from up in the booth. So like as the team, as the players, the Steelers players are filing into the locker room, Canada comes up, he's all excited. He like daps somebody up and you just like the camera turn, like you see Chris Boswell literally go, it ain't cause of you, bro. We know that oh, for sure. Shit. <laughs> the, Ethan, like, the kicker oh, coming at you bro. that's bad that's that's pretty much when Tomlin knew he had to fire him oh it was a couple weeks ago and like it went like i hadn't seen it until today someone posted like the the highlight of matt canada's career will be chris boswell yelling this we didn't win because of you <laughs> dude i have uh jalen warren on my fantasy team i hope this means yeah. more touches for him that's what i'm I mean, has to. the stats coming out about jalen warren are incredible but you know man I think the part, and I, I'm a Jalen Warren stan, and he's absolutely looked better than Harris, but the thing people need to keep in mind is that backup running backs often look a lot better when they're not in the lead back role. Yeah. The fact that the touches are being split. We so with Tony Pollard. It's, it's ve- Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard. Like, any of these guys where they let the veteran walk because they're like, oh, this guy's ready to go, like, they usually aren't. So – as much as I'm with you that I'd love to see Warren, like, I don't know that Jalen Jalen Warren's still a small dude. Um, He does break a lot of tackles and that's part of his thing, but that also adds up the more runs you have, like Mm -hmm. taking those hits, taking those shots. I think he's actually, I think they're doing it. Okay. Where like, keep letting Najee Harris take some of the pounding, get Jalen Warren the ball in space. Like I I think they're perfectly handling as much as I hate it. Cause again, I also have Jalen Warren in fantasy. I want him to touch the ball 30 times because volume equals points. But I think the Steelers are actually – all the Steelers fans are like, oh, this means more Jalen Warren. I'm like, if Matt Cannon was getting one thing right, I think the split there is helping Jalen Warren be the best Jalen Warren he could be. And it's also up Najee Harris's game because he sees this this young guy with some juice. And, like, Harris has played a lot better in the last, like, four or five games. If you compare his stats to Warren, Warren's been the more efficient runner. But it's not like Harris has been bad. Yeah, There are situations where the teams are, like, hesitant to go away from a – bad running back and that's where it's a problem it's like look if your backup is but it's like if Najee still you know he runs for mostly positive yards he's a hard like I don't know I well I think Tomlin thinks he's like well I could make like Najee Harris will play better for me like that's the point that's why I'm firing back Canada because I'm actually gonna make Najee Harris look better that's 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 the exact point actually Yes. I mean, Najee's averaging over four yards a carry in their three November games. Like, I, I don't know. I have watched a lot of the Steelers because I tend to have action on their games because you and I both are uh, fans of what they're doing in Tomlin, and we tend to want to bet them more. So I've watched a lot of Steelers football this year, and I've noticed a difference. Like, just watching the games, I know it doesn't always show in the stats, but I can tell you that, like, Harris looked terrible for the first few weeks, and I was screaming about Jalen Warren because I'm like, they'd give Warren the ball. You just see it, like the burst coming out of the – like, it was just – it was there. The last few weeks, though, I have noticed Najee is – he looks a lot better. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. And that kind of puts a bow on my pro Steelers handicap. The, the Bengals' rush defense is abysmal, and I think both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are going to be able to go off a little bit here and help Pickett, take the pressure off of Pickett. Uh, essentially. So, you know, that's where I'm at. You know, it's funny. Look at us. You have no picks this week, and this is our longest podcast of the season. I was going to say, we've been going for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Longest podcast of the season, and you 
came into the podcast and no picks. I think you're leaving with like three, right? You like the Bills. You like the Bills, right? You like uh, the under and the Broncos, Browns. Definitely. I would be um, over on the Steelers, Bengals. If if Lions Packers gets up to forty nine, that's a move for you. It actually just went down while we were talking. Ah, no shit. It's probably sharp money too. They heard us. There's a. I knew there was a tap on this pod. Yeah, well, we're giving out uh, sharp analysis. So, speaking of which, <laughs> where can people find losers? <laughs> hey, I'm two games above 500 in the contest. I'm, That's I'm, true. I'm holding it down, or at least trying to. Where, where can and people? I think one of my terrible weeks I didn't give out on the podcast. So I think my podcast record might be slightly better than <laughs> my actual record. That's good. Huh? Uh, I'm at Real Dan Zach, and you can always find me on Outkick.com. All right, let's get over to uh, Barking Dogs with Fox News' Scott Martin. Welcome back to the Barking Dog segment with Fox News financial analyst, food guy, music guy, sports betting guy, just renaissance dude, Scott Martin, a.k.a. Scotty Markets. What's up, brother? Chilling, Jeff. And, I mean, I got to tell you, man, this is becoming easier and easier to do because of the way that you act like a barking dog there. I mean, the actual sound effects are better than sound effects we could ever purchase from a third party. So, hey, man, if this doesn't work out, I think you have a career in imitating dogs, especially barking ones. <laughs> yeah, I could be like a, a a voice animator or, you know, someone that works on the next Disney Pets movie. Dude, there you go. Pets, I think it's like on Pets like seven or nine or something. And And I agree. I think that the segment's, are even better with your sound effects. So I hope we keep adding them along the way here as we go into the NFL and the end of the NFL season, man, which can you believe I'm saying that, but like we're coming up on Thanksgiving, dude, there's like a month left of football until the playoffs, but playoffs, but like still that's like me. And I feel like we just started this. I'm so upset. I know we're hitting the final stretch. It's going to bum me out and we don't have football to bet, but let's just enjoy it. while it's here. This is my favorite time of the year. I love Thanksgiving, love the holidays, and I love gambling during the holidays. I usually ah. I usually do really well on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day basketball. So I'm excited um, to hopefully find out some winners. But as I talked about with Dan Z, I'm not going to force it this week. Just because we have the first ever Black Friday game. We got three Thanksgiving games. I don't necessarily love betting any one of those. Um, or all of them, I should say. You know, I do like the Washington Commanders. One, one or all, I love it, Jeff. You go from I'm not going to bet all one of them, but all of them. I like that. Yeah, one well, to all. I like. That. <laughs> well, I was just, I was just saying I'm, I'm not going to bet them all. I'm not going to bet them, but I have one best bet with the Washington Commanders that I already talked about with Dan. So, I, I am betting one of the Thanksgiving games, but I'm not here to like I'm not here to necessarily bet all of them. And um, looking at your picks, do you have any Thanksgiving Day? action i don't think you do there's there's i don't not on the none of the barking dogs i mean there are some dogs out there that are interesting nothing that i'm picking for the pod uh segment today but look at you know how i go man you know how i roll you know the the colors i i wave here I, i'm going with dogs all day and every day on thanksgiving christmas etc so if there's dogs out there on thanksgiving i'll be on them but uh, for the picks for today, I'm moving to the uh, Sunday slate just because I believe that there's a little bit more value in some of the dog rah, rah, that we're talking about today. When we connected a few minutes ago, before I started recording, you made some interesting points. So let's start with 
um, the bad news or whatever, um, the bad side of your your performance lately. Which one and two last week, down to seventeen and twenty three on the year. So Ouch. we have we Ouch. have a lot of rebounding to do here, and we I mean, have, we're running out of rebound time, bro. We got to call Dennis Rodman. We got seven weeks left in the regular season another four of playoff uh four weeks of playoff games okay so there's plenty of time for you to get your head above water and i believe you're going to however telling me there's a chance there is however something we need to talk to you listeners about and that's taking the best of the number whether that be shopping for the best number on all the available sports books or waiting until close to the kickoff so one of your picks um, that me and you were simpatico on was the, the Arizona Cardinals last week, plus four and a half. We gave it out a plus four and a half. We're grading it as plus four and a half, which is a loss because the Cardinals lost to the Houston Texans 21 to 16. However, you and I were savvy enough to wait until close to the kickoff to bet the underdog, and we beat the closing number, which was plus five and a half, plus six. So... I guess to kind of turn it over to you, can you just further elaborate on why it's better to wait until the uh, until close to the kickoff to bet underdogs? Yes, because most of the time the public sets up their fervor, favor, whatever you want to call it, their leans during the week, and that money follows that money. The public money, which we're always trying to kind of bet against, get ahead of, however we're going to call it, that money tends to build up. It tends to momentum into the weekend, meaning if you just think about it conceptually – a public better that, again, just doesn't seem to – I don't think they look as deep as we do in the analytics and figure out where the public is versus versus the Sharps, the the, the Vegas folks, et cetera, who remember when I told you about setting up this segment back in the day, it's like the, Vegas does pretty well last time I checked. The Sharps are the Sharps for reasons that we all can figure out, and so those are the sides we want to be on. So what happens, Jeff, is that the quarter, the, the, over the course of the week, the public will bet on the public almost. Like it, it tends to just compound. So when you go into the weekend, and let's say after a good college football weekend, for example, the public will typically hammer the dog. So when they or hammer the favorite, I'm sorry. So meaning the dog, the barking dog in this case, will start to have a bigger spread. So like you mentioned with Arizona, obviously the, the public was hammering Houston, no doubt. And so that spread started to move in favor of Houston or just to take Houston down more points, minus five and a half, minus six from that four and a half because the public was jumping on Houston and to even it out, Vegas has to do that. So therefore, to your point, as you get closer to game time or kick, it's probably best to bet on these dogs close to them because you've got the max amount of public money in on that side or the other side rather. Well said. Um, yeah. I mean, the public is going to bet favorites throughout the week, but when the limits get um, risen on Sunday, then you got some of the whale suckers coming in and just hammering the favorites. Taking the easy ones. Yeah, taking and, the easy ones. And NFL, in the NFL, the, pub, the public is, the NFL is the only sport where the public moves the odds. So yes. once those limits get bigger and more public money comes in, then by waiting for the underdog, you might be able to get a better number close to the kickoff. So while I feel bad about taking a loss at the Cardinals, um, and giving out a loser in the Cardinals. If you guys just remember to bet underdogs closer to the tip off, a uh, kickoff, then you could possibly get a better number, and you would end up winning in that game. So, sucks that we got the lo- took a loss there, but 
we took we somebody took a big L. I know how that felt. Uh, I think that's a, a song from the weekend. Um, but I'll tell you what else is interesting, man. Is like you talked about something interesting <laughs> to use that word twice in like a same sentence. The best of the number. Another thing to look at if you're betting dogs, especially watch the numbers and watch those pivotal points in the spread, whether it's three, whether it's six, whether it's seven, whether it's eight. Those are numbers that I keep an eye on too, Jeff, as I'm laying out the, the, the barking dogs segment or the parking dogs bets every week. Because sometimes, too, if the public gets heavier during a day, maybe after a Thursday night game, whatever, maybe it's a Friday, maybe it's a Wednesday. This week could be interesting because of Thanksgiving. Keep your eye on those key numbers, too, because there was also Pittsburgh last week. We were looking at that one where, like, Pittsburgh was talking. You know, they were in, like, two and a half. And then we had the weird thing with Deshaun Watson, all that stuff. That spread, for me, got up to three. And they ended up yep. pushing. But, you know, with a little small half a point by. But the thing didn't cost me very much because it was already pushing that way anyway. Because there were folks coming in on Cleveland, ironically, even as uh, Deshaun was out. So just keep an eye, everybody, on, yes, the timing of the bet, but also those key numbers, too, because – shockingly i mean maybe not so shockingly is in we saw you know at a couple times last weekend those key numbers play big too as far as those three the sevens the eights even the sixes no that's a good point i actually always parlay my circa million picks last week i parlayed my five picks which were the steelers the cardinals the packers the bears the rams um and i waited until like two minutes before kickoff so i got the steelers plus three I got the Cardinals plus six. I took the Rams money line instead of laying their closing number at oh. minus two. I hit the Bears plus eight, um, and then I got lucky with the Packers plus three. So my five-leg parlay got chopped down to four, but it was still a plus nine uh, 950 payout. So it was pretty sick. Dude. Yeah, I was pretty pumped awesome. by that. And, and can I throw something in really quick? I, I got to tell you something I was nail-biting on, too, because the, 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 the dog last week, too, was the Bears, to your point. We didn't talk about the dog on the pod, but I took it. And it's like, did you see when they sacked uh, when they sacked Fields, like in one of the last minutes of the game, there was a fumble, and the Bears guy, the, the lineman, kicked the ball out of the, yeah. out of the end zone when, when easily – I mean, I've been on these sides before, boys and girls, when that, that lineman from Detroit picks up the ball and runs it in and basically ballerinas it into the end zone and, and, and busts the spread right there. But the lineman, like, kicked the ball. It looked kind of purposely – out of the end zone only took a two instead of six and saved that spread uh, by the light of day. Yeah, as that ball was um, rolling towards Detroit's end zone, my betting life was flashing before my eyes. I was throwing up, man. I was throwing <laughs> up. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, because like a half an hour earlier, I also had the Lions money line or the Bears money line. So like an hour earlier, I was like thinking that I could hit that plus 300 payout and the, and the plus eight. So... It was a huge swing of emotions, but the plus eight at least got home. Great, a great, a, a great uh, public dog. I mean, the Bears were just a great pick there. It did look like they were going to win, and it looked like you might have gotten a new Louis Vuitton bag for the holidays. But <laughs> hey, man, we'll keep trying. We'll keep trying with this week, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's put this um, betting best practices, uh, bet timing, bet shopping business behind us, and let's talk about our picks for Week Twelve let's get or your wins. Picks. Yeah. What Let's do you, get some wins. What is, what's the first one of your picks that you want to talk about? Yeah, 1 o'clock Eastern game slate. We're going to start with that one, buddy. Um, a, a spread that looks weird. Uh, number one, a spread that I think the public feels like it's too easy. And two teams that, frankly, are kind of in, a, in a, an interesting spot in the NFC because of the fact that both teams are buying it out in a particular division, which is our favorite division, the most interesting one in the NFC, not really, uh, which is the NFC South, which is New Orleans and Atlanta. Um 
two teams coming in with, like I said, just some similar situations, but not a lot going for them from the standpoint of what I believe the public is kind of seeing from them and what the public has expected from them for the year. Let's say that. So now the public kind of hates both of these teams. But you're looking at Atlanta uh, coming in, I think, as, as really the pick here, Jeff. And the spread, like I mentioned, being weird. I mean, depending on your favorite betting site, we're looking at Atlanta favored in this in this game by minus one. I've seen a one and a half, believe it or not. And it just seems like there are some, some situations or some setups here where the public thinks, okay, well, the, the New Orleans is going to come in, better record, five and five versus four and six. Um, similar opponents suggest that New Orleans might be a little bit stronger of a team say, last five games, similarly so, where Atlanta's just been walked all over. I mean, they've had a lot of interesting, or just say not even interesting, not very interesting offensive play in Atlanta. New Orleans could say the same thing, but New Orleans, ironically, has played, by and large, better on the road, let's say, than they have at home. So there's maybe also that little bend. And the fact, too, that this is basically what I think, you know, you've got Derek Carr, obviously, he's questionable. Um, You've got Jameis coming in for a full game off of a bye week as well. Because they were in the Minnesota, they were in Minnesota a week and a half ago, and so now you've got what I see as the public generating that whole feel of okay, well the Saints have this bye week. Jameis is coming in. If Carr doesn't play, it's going to be great. And you still have the problem with Atlanta just not being able to figure out what they wanted to be this year. And probably we talked about the coaching issues um, in Atlanta too, but they've got a coaching issues in New Orleans too. And you've got a home dog here. Where the I guess a home favorite here, but a home public dog when it comes to where the betting lines are or where the betting flows are, where it just shows me that this is a, a setup where the public thinks that the easy one here is New Orleans because of the bye week, because of the fact that you've got Jameis in there, maybe who's going to be better than Carr. He was better than Carr against the Vikings when I was at that game. Anyway, he came in and rejuvenated that team. Unbelievable. I almost freaked out because they almost lost that game and blew it like they did in Denver over the weekend. But it's still something where the public looks overconfident on New Orleans here. And the spread doesn't look right. It's The spread looks like it's a little bit weird. Where, again, Atlanta's favored by maybe minus one, minus one and a half. And that, to me, says dog in the public. Yes, it's a home favorite. And that's what I like on the Falcons. So I'm going to grade you at Falcons minus 110 money line. Because it's that's you can get minus 108 at Caesar or at DraftKings, minus 110 at Caesar, is minus 110 at BetMGM. So that's where right. I give you just a money line. Uh, we're oppo in this one. I'm I'm public poly this week with the Saints team. Ah. Yeah, it hurts. Uh, hurts me to to not be on the same side of you because I know you do your homework and I don't want to fade your model. But I just I think the Saints have a better quarterback. I think they have the better defense, and I don't think the Atlanta Falcons have much of a home field advantage. Uh, the Saints have beaten them in six of the last seven meetings. Uh, the the bye week neutralizes any coaching edge that Arthur Smith might have over Dennis Allen. I hate Dennis Allen. He's terrible. He sh- probably should be fired, but he's pretty good after his bye weeks. I mean, he's two and three straight up and against the spread after a bye, um, and both for the Raiders and the and the 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 um, the Saints. He he didn't make it to his third bye week with the Raiders because he got fired mid season, but still. Um, you know, that's the Dennis Allen experience. I'm going to fade you on this one or not fade you, but we're oppo. So best of luck to so you, two buddy. Guys, two guys. Yeah. Two guys that aren't going for coach of the year is what you're saying. And I think, I think you're right on a lot of those, those data points. And what I feel like the public is jumping public poly, as you said, the public is jumping on those two, Jeff, clearly by getting a little bit overreactive to the saints. And, and, and two, I think also feeling like Jameis Winston may be the answer to turn this team around and get him to the playoffs, which is a mess of a picture in the NFC, but 
right about the home team, team advantage, too, in Atlanta. That, that place is dead as a doornail when you go in there, as far as watching a football game, at least. But Bijan Robinson can hold a candle against Alvin Kamara. I truthfully think, too, the quarterback situation in Atlanta has been, let's just say, a little bit more uh, tenable. I mean, you got Arizona. They, they put Arizona on the 12th. They lost by two points. That was a really close game. That game um, against Minnesota that they were home against, as, as far as Atlanta goes, they were home against Minnesota the prior week, similar to the result that we saw when New Orleans went there two weeks ago. And then at Tennessee prior to that, they've been in all these games. So Falcons feel like they just need something to kind of go right for them. A lot of things have gone wrong for the Saints. And I think one more thing goes wrong for them than it does for the Falcons, let's say, on Sunday. And that's why I like the Falcons, baby. Huge disagreement in that final point. Uh, the Falcons are four and six and two and eight against the spread. I'd argue a lot of shit has gone right for them. They've gotten lucky. Well, that's what they I would maybe argue. Maybe have, but we'll see. There you go. But see, some of that will also mean revert. So we'll see if some of that luck spreads itself around. And the spread always seems to know. And the spread looks weird, man. It shouldn't be a Falcons' favor then. What kind of home field advantage do they have? Vegas knows that home field advantage is bunk. It's a dog that's basically hurt, and therefore that's the dog I want. All right, baby. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. You're going with another NFC South team, uh, it's, and not the one you guys are thinking of. Why are you on the Panthers? Everybody hates them because they stink. <laughs> uh, because because they're a dog that has rabies, distemper, probably a heart condition, uh, maybe some maybe some infected leg. skin, or no, maybe no, is missing three teeth. legs. Three legs. Yeah, it could be three legs. You know, some of, the, the, some of those dogs that we bet on this year, they'll have that cart, you know, that the dog walks with. And it actually looks pretty good. I mean, that, that cart is amazing what they've made as far as medical advances, which I think they're going to make a medical advance for the Panthers in this game. And it sounds nuts because the Panthers are awful. I mean, Br- Bryce Young, I, you know, it's just like absolutely just clueless back there. I, I don't know what is going on with him. I don't know if it's the coaching or what, because it's strange that the, the coaching typically we thought was going to be good in Carolina. A- Adam Thielen, who's the number one uh, receiver, should be I – mean, he's got 80 receptions almost on the year, about 730 yards, four tutties, and he's a former Viking, so I know him kind of well. But, man, he should be a guy that's bringing along his quarterback. But Bryce just doesn't seem to be there head-wise. So Carolina, Jeff, is getting – depending on, again, your favorite sports book, let's call this one three-and-a-half. But at Tennessee, man, I mean, you got a one and nine team going into a three and seven team in Tennessee, which, by the way, you want to talk about home field advantage? There ain't much in Nashville, that's for sure. I've been in Nissan Stadium or whatever the heck they call it now. I think it's still Nissan, amazingly. They managed to retain the rights. But that stadium has nothing going for it. I've been there. I love Nashville. I love everybody there. Yada, yada, yada. Don't send me any mean emails. I'm just saying the stadium is not that fun. And so when you look at this matchup, massive amount of favorites on Tennessee because of the record because of the fact that Bryce Young does suck, and because the Panthers really don't have much to play for. But guess what? Neither does Tennessee, kids. And therefore, if you look at the last, say, three games, Tennessee hasn't been home. They haven't been home in, what, three weeks. I mean, you've been at Jacksonville, at Tampa Bay, at Pittsburgh, and then the Panthers have been back and forth, back and forth, and basically made a habit of getting blown out at home. So they like to go on the road. They like to play hard. And three and a half points just seems like a little bit too much for me because, again, that's where that area is. When you bet these favorites – you're going to see that number probably go up, especially given the heavy public lean on the Titans. And offensive-wise, I mean, Jeff, Derrick Henry's been invisible this year. There's no passing game. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has 42 receptions on the year, four tutties, and about 650 yards. You had that in half a season of senior year high school. So there's <laughs> nothing here on the Titans. I have great hands. Quarter. Yeah, you, dude, you catch everything. And you're not, you're not going to play for the Chiefs, by the way, by doing that because they want guys that drop balls. 
But the thing is, you have to see this matchup for what it is. And this spread seems a little bit weird to me, which would make me think, man, they're going to probably cover. But I'm looking at one spot now. I see Tennessee. Uh, it opened at minus four. Now it went to three and a half. There's another spot where you can get four. I think taking four or three and a half roughly on Carolina with the public heavy on Tennessee with both teams nothing to play for and not a lot separating these offenses make me say this is Panthers all day. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, you know who the Titans last beat? God, I mean, the last, themselves? I would guess it was Atlanta. Because yeah, it was Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I know you too well. And that was a close game, though, man. That was yeah, home was. against Atlanta. It was 28-23. Ritter was still magically being quarterback in that game. And other than that, they go on the road three games in a row and kind of get smushed. So I don't really see much here versus the Panthers that makes the Titans or at least make some that big of a favorite. It could be close, but I'm still taking the Panthers with the points. Yeah, if I were to play another which way, it'd be the Panthers plus the points. <laughs> Will Levis hit that Ricky wall fast, huh? He looked crazy. He looked good for like seven, seven and a half quarters. And now, uh-oh, uh-oh. I mean, the Buccaneers mopped him. The the Jaguars mopped him. They needed a trick play where they threw a ball to Jeffrey Simmons to score a touchdown. Um, and I do believe the Panthers are going to finish this year with three or four wins. Maybe it's just wishful thinking because I'm hanging on to dear life for that Patriots to have the worst record in the NFL ticket, and I need the Panthers to start winning games for that to cash. But you mentioned mean reversion last game. Here's another situation. We got the Panthers 1-7-2 and two against the spread. They're going to start covering these games. They have to. The Titans, I love Mike Vrabel, but... That offense is, is 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 banged up all over the place. They're not that they're not very good in the first place. Derek, speaking of a wall, Derek Henry looks like he's hitting that thirty year old running back wall. Yeah. He's been great for his whole career, but it's just it's not the Titans' year. And I, and I love Derek Henry, man. I really do. I appreciate yeah. him. I loved watching him run the last couple of years. It is shocking to your point. And this is what's weird. How I mean, what happened to Derek Henry, man? I mean, like he he he's still. Yeah, he's old, but was he that old like two years ago, a year ago? You know what I mean? I mean I'm 45, and I can still run maybe a, a an eight-second 40 or something. You know what I mean? It's like I don't understand how it's like all of a sudden he just falls off. It's like they're not getting the blocking. They're not running the right plays. Vrabel's still there, which doesn't make a ton of sense. And they've had some issues with, say, just the offense. I mean, bringing in and, and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they've had some questionable things going on on offense, obviously, there. And two, to your point about spread covers, Away matches versus home matches. I mean, Carolina hasn't won a game on the road all year. And this is one of those ones where I think they're their own five away. This is one of those ones where I think Carolina can hang in this game. And four points just feels like a nice cushion here. And if Bryce Young actually wakes up on Sunday morning, this is an early game, so it's 1 o'clock Eastern uh, slate of games. If Bryce Young wakes up and shows up as, a, as, as like a half a quarterback on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans, he could probably actually take this game home and take it back to Carolina and show everybody. Yeah, the fantasy football nerds called the Tennessee Titans uh, pass defense a, a, a pass funnel, meaning you can get yards against their against their secondary. They traded they're traded an All Pro uh, safety in Kevin Byard at the trade deadline, which kind of signifies how they feel about this team. They're giving Will Levis the starting job for at least another week, even though Ryan Tannehill probably could play because I want to see what they got in Will Levis. If he ends up getting embarrassed in this game, I see Vrabel probably swapping uh, Tannehill back in. But I you think actually, he does it in the game? I mean, what about Malik? Or, you know, it's interesting how you've got, like, 
What is, yeah, what are they trying to see? That's a great point, man. What is Tennessee trying to do here? Because you're right about Levitson. It's like, you're right. If he stinks and they're down 13, nothing and a half, and he's got like 70 yards passing and a couple picks, like, what, what are they doing? And I think that's the whole kind of uncertainty with this team and where there's not a ton of leadership, there's not a ton of direction. And the Panthers, to your point, man, I mean, they are a barking dog deluxe here. And one where those are teams that where we are in the season as well, where both teams look like they've got nothing going on, that's where the barking dogs come out of the veterinary clinic and say, hey, I'm healthy and win a game. All right, let's talk about your last flea-infested dog of Week 12. I want nothing to do. Oh, also, we're going to grade the Panthers uh, game. And again, I'd say three and a half. Yeah. Three, it's looking like three and a half, but... As we said earlier about the Cardinals, yeah, some wait, yeah. wait until yep, wait. closer to kickoff before you make an official bet. You probably see a four. Yep, you could probably see a four by kick for sure. Actually, I, I, hmm. I would take the three and a half now because the three and a half is much. If it goes to four, it's not that much better than three and a half. But it goes get, from get three, three and a half to yep, three. Absolutely. That's 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 huge. And we'll take three and a half. I believe yep. you're on the sharp side here. You believe you're on the sharp side, and I think there's a chance this gets down to three by kickoff. So take the three and a half now, but most times I'd wait closer to kickoff before taking the dog. All right, speaking of, again, a flea-infested dog, make your case for the for the New England Patriots. Ouch. Oh, man, I didn't think we were going to bring this up. Flea-infested, a dog on its deathbed for sure, and maybe I'm just speaking about Bill Belichick <laughs> or Mac Jones. But the point is, and they're they're a road favorite, so like maybe it's the the public dog getting slaughtered with the Giants is your angle here, huh? Something's really strange here, isn't it? Yeah, we got we got a road favorite in New England, so a public dog road fave at New York, uh, looking at about three and a half roughly. Jeff, on this one, I see a three and a half even uh, minus three and a half even, so that could go to three maybe. Caesar's giving you three minus one twenty five points bets three minus one twenty bet MGM's three minus one twenty so you shop around you can get a three out there I'd do that yes, uh, I, I, I would too I like the three there absolutely and a team in the Patriots that we know what they are um, just absolute disappointment absolute disarray uh, Bill Belichick Bill Belichick nice guy actually I met him he's a good dude but uh, doesn't look like he's too happy on the sidelines and just doesn't have the tools he just doesn't have the guys that he needs to have in place. And you have some guys that he thought probably you had in Mac Jones and some others that just aren't aren't doing it. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's been weak this year. There's been injuries. There's just been a lot of things that have been very, uh, very uncertain. I mean, Mac Jones right now is questionable. Devontae Parker's questionable. But I got to tell you, man, the, the Giants are um, just a team that I think is in more disarray, frankly, just because of the fact that Brian Dayball was coming off, off such a great season last year. And coming in really with like a similar team to what he had last year, and it's been a face plant. And there's been just Brian Dayball. I, I just I, I watch him on the sidelines. I watch his reaction. I watch what he's doing, and I'm just like, it just is infuriating. And so I like the Patriots here, especially given the heavy public favorite on the Giants in the sense of a lot of a lot of fans are taking that three three and a half on the Giants, which looks like a weird spread. So we're going to take the weird side. This the side that makes us feel a little bit gooey when we do it and just break down the fact that this game is, is a, as a, as a team that the Patriots come in here and probably need to make a little stand here. They need to show that they've got something and you're going into New York where everybody's already mad. They're just driving down I-95 or whatever to get there. Hopefully probably flying a private jet, whatever. And so the here, the situation is such to where that number is weird enough 
just like it is like Pat McAfee wearing tank tops all the time on his TV show, which I think is kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if he has anything else in his wardrobe. Point being, I like the weird. I like I like New England in this one, minus three, like you said, with a little bit of extra juicy juice because I think they're going to come in here and take this one. Yeah, PFF has got the Giants as a public dog. Over 80% of the money is on the New York Giants, 60% of the bets. Uh, pre-game says more money on the Patriots, but more bets on the Giants. So you got a pros versus Joe scenario in the consensus better market. Either way, I do I do believe you're on the sharp side. I'm a Giants fan. I got that ticket for the Patriots to have the worst record. So I'm going to be rooting yes. for the Giants here, uh, truthfully, uh, for completely selfish reasons. But I do think you're on the sharp side here because we know what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks. And Tommy DeVito is both a rookie and may, maybe maybe one of the worst starting quarterbacks in, in, in recent memory. Well, the Jets' Tim Boyle is real bad. And Nathan Peterman a few years ago was, was even oh. worse. But like Tommy DeVito... Tommy DeVito sucks. I am not excited as a Giants fan, so Dude, I do think you're on the sharp should, side here. We should have a party of like bad NFL quarterbacks the last three years and just invite these guys. Like Badgett's another one for the Bears that hasn't been good. Um, and there's been a lot of guys. I mean, you look at if, I mean, uh, he, if the Vikings guy, Jaron Hall, get to play a full game, he would have been real rough. Jer- Jaron Hall would have been an embarrassment to use that word. I mean, there's been some really bad ones, man. Peterson, Peter, Peterman was great. And, and I think that's just another thought process of what you have to consider here, what you're looking at. I mean, Belichick will be ready for this game. He doesn't want to go down in, in flames this year. I don't care what what people want to say about him and his, and his boopy face and his mad face. But there's still that sentiment, like you said, of the public is just overbetting this. And they're going to the window and they're going to their betting sites and be like, oh, my God, I can get New York plus three and a half, plus four, plus three, whatever. We'll call it three and a half. That's the setup. That's the Vegas setup of saying, oh, yeah, here's a little bit more extra for you. Hey, you want four? You want three and a half? Blah, blah, blah. And then Patriots cover this one by seven and doing it going away. Yeah, it's telling that the Giants just won uh, by double digits as a big home or a road dog. And now they're a home home favorite or a home underdog. I think that's very telling against a team that's terrible. They. Yeah, and the Giants were at Washington, and they they were they played great. They were at Dallas the week before, so they haven't been home in a while. But your point about the Patriots is well said because we played the Pats uh, a couple weeks ago because they're coming off a bye week. Uh, the overseas game, I think it was Frankfurt, actually, Colts, Germany. Yeah. Beautiful area where you like to vacation, I hear. And that team, they actually had Indianapolis in that game pretty well contained, and they just blew it because they suck and because Matt Jones is terrible. But, like, if you look at even against Washington, they were home against Washington, lost that game at Miami, got blown out by 14, and that game was not even close as it looked. So the public is making this about the Giants versus about what the Patriots are. And I think that's the key point is the Giants aren't much, the Patriots aren't much more, but this spread says that they are, and that's why I'm taking them, and the public is backing that up on the Giants' side. All right, baby. Well, I'm hoping you get right this week. Unfortunately, I love it when you call me baby. Please do that more. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hope it's only a two and one week since we're opposite in the Falcon Saints game. But either way, I want three and zero, Jeff. I have no sympathy. <laughs> yeah, you kind of need a three and zero too, and you're due for big a big uh, a big week. So maybe we get it this week. Uh, either way, where can people find you? Uh, at Twitter, on X or whatever people say these days. Fox at News Mark, too. Talk- you're a TV News, star. Yeah, being a- I am a TV star. Well, the star is the TV. I'm just on it. But, uh, yeah, at, at, on Twitter, at, at, at X or whatever they say, at Scotty Markets, talking football, talking some other sports, talking food, and a little bit of Muzak, if you like. 
All right. Follow the podcast at Outkick Bets on Twitter. Please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow Dan Zach, uh, Dan Z, excuse me, at Real Dan Zach on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeffrey underscore Clark. Until next week, though. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving, betters. Peace.